Welcome to Battery Insiders, your podcast providing you insights in the fascinating world of batteries. Hosted by Pavia Cha and Simon Engelke. Welcome back, everybody. It's Pavia and Simon here with another episode from the Battery Revolution um, chat room focused this time on battery supply chains with and with some folks uh, involved in Katena X, which I actually learned about for the first time uh, on this conversation. And so that was really refreshing because hosting this podcast, I think I get to know a lot about the battery space, but this was this one was a little bit new for me. Um, happy to share with all of you during this reflection what what some of the points were that we talked about. But before I jump into that, Simon, did you have any initial thoughts that you wanted to share before I give the synopsis? Yeah, no, thanks, Bavia. And I think it was interesting because, as you say, it was a very local, at least a Germany now initiative, but interesting to see what ha- happens when different stakeholders work together, right, and have this automotive lens. But yeah, I'm going to excited for your summary. Yeah, Maria Fay and Marius uh, joined us. It seemed obviously they both have prior expertise in batteries, but the you know the interesting thing we talked about was supply chain circularity and really tracking that in an open access way, which it seems like that's what Katena X does. That's what it offers. Maria Fay, I think, even mentioned that you know she was surprised by how many companies, pleasantly surprised by how many companies are involved in this initiative, which I thought was really cool because we've talked to a few people who are interested in the like tracking um open access database everything batteries and data related space but to actually see that this is actually that this is happening uh was really cool and is a tool that i um even checked out afterward after our conversation and for those of you listening i recommend you do the same um of course it raised some questions about well, how do you get more companies involved? What does standardization look like? What is actually the cost benefit here? How much, how how can we enhance the tool and how can it be better used, right? So can we, you know, how does it change the game for how we think about recycled materials? Um, and so those were some of the questions that I uh, left with. And I think that a lot of the, the conversation also touched on a lot of these points. And, you know, really made for a fruitful chat about something that I think is a little bit more cutting edge and different than some of our previous conversations as far as like what's up and coming and what's new in the field. Um, So that was really awesome. So thanks to you for finding uh, speakers who could speak to this. Um, And, you know, I think there have also been some developments, it seems like, over in Europe that maybe you could tell our audience a little bit about. True, happy to, yeah. And I think also it's interesting from this perspective, right, we might have another follow-up conversation at some point because we spoke to quite a few people involved in this in this network and different perspectives and also other OEMs, for example, like BMW, et cetera, involved. And they were not part of this conversation, but I think, you know, they were definitely in the preparations. We were talking with them as well. Um, and I think what's interesting as well, these different perspectives, right? I think as you just mentioned, we have Dr. Mary Fay from SIP having more like from a, from a data standpoint, right, and connecting a lot of these different organizations are also connecting or digitalization, you know, and, and making data available within organizations. Then also someone like, you know, Myris Paul, who also was part of Katina X, but also, um, you know, has been a CEO of a family business, right, which is taking apart vehicles. And of course, electric vehicles, you know, is an increasing number there. And of course, still a smaller number right now, but it's a growing number. And I think it was interesting kind of from a, you know, from a hands-on, let's say, perspective or from a, you know, from a from a from a 
a company perspective, like what has been his experience. I think it was interesting to have these different perspectives also um, in this conversation. And as you mentioned, there's been quite some interesting developments since we recorded this um, earlier conversation with our two speakers. Um, so when we're recording this now, actually in between, there have been some developments on the European front, especially on the European better regulation front. Um, this better European better regulation has been in the, in the works for a while. Um, it has been first been announced already in December 2020. This has been when the proposal has been presented by the European Commission on this. And this is really an overall framework how to make the battery industry more circular, but also, you know, reduce emissions, make it more traceable. Um, yeah, really like, you know, make it a, um, a long-lasting um, industry and a sustainable, more sustainable industry. It has a lot of requirements from emissions to recycling, et cetera, et cetera. And um, actually, it took another hurdle, like the major, really, next hurdle, which was on 14th of June, when the European Parliament approved it. Um, so we did some other steps before that. And now it's like really, you know, very close to, to becoming law. Um, then things have a clear timeline because you just mentioned, right? Like, how do you get more organizations involved in efforts like this and data sharing and things like that? And of course, one is that they have to, right? And I think, you know, this battery regulation includes a, a battery passport and those course of, you know, other companies we had on the podcast before, like Circle and others, the Global Battery Alliance work on, on um, you know, battery passport concepts as well as, digital, you know, traceability solutions. Um, and I think, yeah, it's quite interesting to see now, um, you know, things becoming or going towards the direction of a law. And I think it will be very interesting to see how this then will be implemented as well in the future. I think there's still a lot of questions around that as well, like a technical implementation, for example. And I think we touched a little bit on this as well in, in this earlier conversation. Um, yeah, that this is quite complex, but still should be quite worthwhile because it's really about how can we make this industry more circular, which is one of the, I think, big aims as well we want to really think about through batteries and battery-powered world. So just to clarify, like things like Catena X are mentioned in this regulation. Um, I mean, you mentioned the battery passport, or do you think that the regulation, because it includes things like battery passport, there it opens doors for things like more tracking, like what Catena X does to become part of that law? I think maybe for our listeners, yeah. like how does, when something becomes a law in the EU, like, you know, what is it? Yeah. I mean, I've looked a little bit into this too, like implementation, what does that timeline look like? Um, do you have any thoughts or could you shed some light on that? Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think um, in these laws, right, like you don't, you kind of mention what, what should be done, but I think not who should be doing it. And I think also I just had a quick look on this European Parliament, right, the draft, the adopted draft, I mean, Katina X not mentioned anywhere. Um, it would surprise me as well, because again, I think not single initiatives, it says more what should be done. And then I think, you know, it's about a separate implementation, how it's done. Um, and I think they're also from a legal perspective, right? You don't want to choose winners. You want to provide a playing field, right? And set like, you know, the ground rules, what has to be done. But then who does it in what way? I think it's still then to be seen. I think the one big difference though is, and that's a really major development, is that we currently have a battery directive in Europe, European battery directive. And... Um, the directive means in Europe that each country has to implement themselves. So maybe you have some more things you want to add on this. Um, I spent a bit of time on, on looking at these differences. So um, I think that's a big difference, right? That with the European battery regulation, we have something for the entire Europe. And it's not needing individual implementation for each country the way they want to do it. It's like one European-wide um, rule book, essentially. Anything you want to add on that? 
Well, hopefully we'll get some spillover effects here in the U.S. Oh, yeah, I definitely remember the battery directive. It's like it was my first it was like my gateway into this world. And so um, when I was looking into that in 2019, you mentioned the amendments proposed proposed amendments in December 2020. Um, I was very much um, involved and, you know, very much aware of that because it was, you know, part of my research at the time. And it's amazing to see the progress that's been made since in the continuous conversation and the more number of people who are increasing number of people who are involved in these conversations. Um, and, you know, I think that's just like a really interesting paradigm. I often, like as an American perspective, I often find that when Europe starts to push, you know, push forward on certain things, um, it definitely leads other regions of the world to they start to think about them a little bit more as well um, for compliance reasons, for whatever reason it is like just, you know, it, oh, a good way to keep things, keep pushing things forward while also um, hoping that we can continue to put products on the market that are compliance comply with, you know, other jurisdictions and whatnot. And so for those reasons, I think it will definitely spur OEMs to, um, you know, invest in and take the time to do this type of tracking, which I don't think is something that has been, that was a priority necessarily before, but I think initiatives like this, rules like this, of course, directives like this will continue to push OEMs on this. Absolutely. And I think that's also kind of the excitement, right? And I think overall with Inflation Reduction Act and things and these initiatives and like programs around the world, um, you know, there's this race there. Um, and then, of course, always the, the question with regulation is, will it like you know help rather than hinder? And I think there's also different approaches different countries are taking, but I think the overall goal is really good and very I think important. Um, but yeah, I think the limitation is always key. And as you say, some friendly competition I think in, in regulation might necessarily be the worst thing. Um, and it will be interesting to say, as you say, I think the US in some way could also do a big push there, right? And, maybe not move all of them and they already have in yeah. some way through the Inflation Reduction Act enforcing right more local production to get like this support. So oh, it's a different yes. approach rather than regulation to or like a you know it's a carrot and stick method and often used um, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a metaphor but um, I think here it fits a bit as well. Absolutely well I'm looking forward to having more conversations on this I'm sure this is not the last time that we will talk about open access databases and tracing when it comes to battery supply chains and circularity. And so more to come for sure. Uh, And yeah, looking forward to our next conversation in July and we will see all of you or hopefully tune in with all of you um, next on Clubhouse for our battery revolution session. And then of course um, our next podcast recording after that. Thanks, Barbara. Great to chat. Thanks. See you later.